0: God is so good. How many know that God just wants us to see the way he sees? Hallelujah. You know, and that's that's what he's teaching us. He's training us to see the way he sees everything. Because the way he sees everything is is greater than anything that we could see down here. And um, I I was thinking and I was... um, so I was praying this week and seeking, and I started thinking about the tabernacle of Moses. And remember the tabernacle of Moses, how it was set up? Remember it had three different rooms, 3 I should say three different compartments, if you want to call them. And uh, the first place you would enter in would be the outer court. Okay, and it was just like it sounds, it was outside and out of court. And after that, then you would come up to the tent and you would go into the tent and you would enter into what 's called the holy place and then after that you'd come to the veil which leads into the most holy place and uh and it all it has a, everything about is, about that is so important uh has something to say about us in our life and our walks with god There's many ways you can teach on that it's interesting um when you look up, when the children of Israel were traveling in their little wilderness for forty years, and they would set up the tabernacle of Moses, because they would set it up everywhere they stopped, and they would be they would be set around that tabernacle. Certain tribes would be in certain places, but if you were looking from the sky, what you would look down and when you would see the tabernacle of Moses, you would see a cross. Even in the way God set up his people, everything is set up. Everything points to the cross. Everything points to Jesus. You know, even I was thinking about, even when I was thinking about the uh, furniture, because the furniture all means something to us in the tabernacle of Moses. There was different furniture, and it was made up of different material you would go through the gate and the first thing you would approach was a brazen altar and in that brazen altar there would be fire and that's where the israelite would bring the sacrifice for sin or whatever okay would bring it there and the priests would present the offering to god it's interesting that that piece of furniture was made of brass okay it's made of brass Remember that for a minute. And after you pass that, you go straight back. And the next piece of furniture you would hit would be what was called the brazen laver. It was also a brass. And it was water in there. So the priest could come in and he could wash his hands and he could wash his feet to prepare to go into the into the tent. Both of those pieces of furniture were Brass. Because they speak of something. You know, the first one, the brazen altar, speaks of death to the old man. Okay? it's brief, Or judgment to the old man, I should say. God brought judgment to the old man because brass symbolizes judgment. And then again, you go to the brazen altar, it's also, you know, it's still dealing with, you could say, uh, the first, I'm sorry, the first one, if you want to look at it, was uh, judgment against sin. And you could say the brazen labor. You could look as death to the old man, a judgment to the old man. So there was something about these things. And, you, you know, we've done this before in the past. We've done teachings about these, what they all mean. But after that, you would go into the tent. And when you went into the tent, it was interesting. On your left side, there was a... Uh, I mean, a a golden candlestick. It's not brass. Judgment was done and taken care of out there. Our old man was dealt with out there. Now we're dealing with gold, uh, the uh, golden altar of incense on the left side. Mm -hmm. And over on the right side was called the table of showbread. It was made of wood and it was overlaid with gold. Okay? And then if you went a little bit further... You come right before you go into the, the next compartment, the third place, the Holy of Holies. There was what was called the Golden Altar of Incense. Everything is important. Everything speaks to us. We already talked about the first two. But when we went again, going back, going into the tent, on the left speaks of the candlestick. And if you study that, it speaks of the, speaks of the fruit of the Spirit and it also speaks um, of the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, that's what it um, talks about. We You know, you can do a study, okay, on on that. But on the opposite side was the table of showbread, all right, which speaks to me. When you think of a table, you think of a place where you go to eat, a place of fellowshipping when you eat, Okay? Then from there you go up again to the uh, golden altar of incense. And that's the only piece of furniture that gets moved around in that whole tabernacle of Moses. And anybody know what the uh, altar of incense speaks of? Prayer, praise, and worship. That's what it speaks of. It's the last thing before you go into the very holy of holies with the very presence of God. And it's interesting, that's the one piece of furniture that's out in the holy place that's on the, on the, um, on the day of atonement, the once a year when the high priest could actually go into the very presence of God in there, that that golden altar of incense would go in there before him. And... And, uh, and to me, when I think of the golden altar of incense, I think of like prayer, praise, and worship. And what happens is prayer, pr- praise, and worship is what brings us into the presence of God. It'll carry us over into the presence of God. There's something about prayer, praise, and worship. You know what I mean? That just moves the heart of God and Holy Spirit starts moving in our life. How how many have sat there in prayer and just complained to God and really felt the great presence of God? <laughs> we don't, we don't. That doesn't bring us in. But prayer, praise, and worship—it's boy, it's 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 a uh, it's an incense to God, <laughs> golden altar of incense. You know, let my prayer be like incense, the psalmist said. Um, but all those things which speak of something for us today, are all these things to help to bring us into the very presence of God. Every one of those has something to do with us. And did I mention, I can't remember if I mentioned just a moment ago, but when you look at the furniture, the setup of the furniture, and I just, uh, uh, and I might have known this before, but I was just thinking about this, uh, I think it was yesterday, today, that when you look even, I'm sure I knew this because I'm such a smart guy, um, but... Even when you look at the furniture, it's shaped as a cross. You know, all the ones is you got the altar, brazen altar here. In front of it, you got the uh, uh, the brazen laver, and then way in, you got the golden altar of incense. They're all in a line, except the golden altar of incense and the table. They're over on the left and on the right. And I think God's just showing again; He's showing us the cross. How important the cross, it's all about Jesus. But it's interesting also when you stand there, if you stand there in between these two pieces of furniture, I believe they're working together to produce in us something. Amen? But it's very, very important that God, he is always wanting to get us back elevated in our thinking to where he is. Jesus said that we're, I am you, may, I, where I am you, may be there also. It was good. The Lord's purpose when he came to die for us and to rise from the dead is to take us and to bring us where he is, into the very presence of God. But God loves elevation. He loves it when we think big, He loves it when our mind is on him and that we're trusting in him. Uh, amen. Um, but, anyways, The table of showbread, I just want to talk just for a few moments, okay? Uh, We're going to talk about the table of showbread, all right? It's a table. God set up a table. He put some bread on there. He's telling us he wants us to come and eat, okay? He wants us to eat. He wants us to fellowship. Uh, Tony, can you put a uh, first scripture up? And the uh, Lord given instructions to Moses in building the temple, I mean, building the tabernacle and all the different things. God was giving him instructions. And thou shalt take fine flour and bake 12 cakes thereof of bread, two-tenths deal of one cake. And thou shalt set them in two rows, six on a row, upon the pure table before the Lord. Amen. Now I'm not going to you know, sit there and do a lot of reading in Leviticus. Leviticus can be a kind of a uh, you know tough book, you know, but uh, I just wanted to bring the, the point out where they made a table and a made bread. when God gave Moses the instructions for the tabernacle, He gave detail for everything. Everything means something in our life. When God's what God's word says to us, it all has meaning. Okay, it's all very important. Um, but a table, I said, is a place where we eat. It's a place of fellowship, and you could look the bread on on top of the table. Jesus is the bread of life. Okay, um, what we do is we go to that table when we fellowship with God, when we fellowship with Jesus, and we eat of His life. And that's what's very important. Uh, and next scripture, Tony. And thou shalt set upon the table, showbread before me always. Uh, 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 I guess you can bring a new message. And you shall sit. and this is the new American standard, and you shall set the bread of the presence, the bread of the presence on the table before me at all times. So what's on the table? It's two stacks of bread. If you went in and you saw it, to be two stacks of six bread, loaves of bread. And I believe this, that six is the number of what? Man, okay? And I don't believe it's an accident that it's six, you know? Six isn't the glory number. Six isn't seven, you know. Six isn't number three or number one or some of those cool numbers. Five? Five's a good number too. But this number of six, loaves were for a reason, okay. Six is the number of man and these loaves are about man. The man Christ Jesus and the man made in his image. One stack is the Man, Christ Jesus, made in the image of God. And uh, uh, it is God, as should say. And the other six is talking about man, made in his image. The first stack speaks of what the man, Christ Jesus, did for us. His redemption and redeeming us. Okay? And one stack speaks of what happened to man because of what Jesus did for us. Believing and receiving is how, how that affected us. Now, it's so important that we eat from both stacks, okay? It's important. What, why did the Lord, he put certain bread on there, certain amount of bread, he put there for a reason. And I believe the reason is because is the greatest thing that we can eat of is of his life. The greatest thing we can do is eat of what he did for us. His redemption was the most powerful thing that anyone ever did for man when Jesus came down and he came to die for us, when he came to redeem us, to reconcile us, to bring us back from the hell that we were living in of death. The devil, the world, the flesh, the whole, the old man, the whole nine yards. The greatest thing Jesus did was came and he died for us. But there's two stacks. We need to eat of what Jesus did. But we need to eat also of how that affects us. How important that is that affects us. It's not enough just to see one stack. Of seeing all that Jesus did. Well praise God. That's good news. But we need to see. How that affects us. Because he came. To affect our lives. He came to free us. From this bondage. That we're in. You know we're free men. We're free people. Jesus came. To free us. So that we could rule and reign. In life. And not here to rule and reign over anybody you know i mean you got a lot of rulers out there i like watching these documentaries you see about hitler and stalin or stalin <laughs> stalin you know some bad dudes bad dudes awful awful dudes that wanted that power to rule over man and the motive wasn't to serve god was to serve themselves and they did great evil but you know what god came and gave us, through what he did for us, the power so that we could rule over our own lives. If we could just rule over our own lives, our lives would be so affected But we can. We need to realize that we rule. We're not ruled over any longer. The world doesn't rule us. The flesh doesn't rule us. The devil doesn't rule us. But we've got, we've been given our rulership back that God gave to Adam in the Garden of Eden. Take and multiply, increase. Adam, take your place. And he's restored us to that place where we can rule and reign. I'll tell you something. You maybe could rule a city, a state, a country, or the world. That won't make you happy. But if you and me could rule in our own lives to rule over that I'm making a decision. <coughs> instead of my flesh, the devil. What a way. What a life. But we have that. Jesus restored that. But we need to eat from both stacks. One one stack of six cakes is what he did for us. And we've said this before here. But I'm going to say it again. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. He was quickened or made alive. He was raised. And he was seated at the right hand of God. As these six loaves is the thing's what Jesus went through and what he did and on that other side there's another stack of cakes is how Jesus what how what Jesus did affected us Jesus didn't just die for us he died as us he brought us down with him he brought us up with him okay he did it okay I just want to quickly go through these six things of how we went with Jesus, okay? Uh, First one was, we were crucified, okay? You know, it's important to know you're dead, (laughs) you know, that you were crucified. It's important. We need to know that. We were crucified. Paul says, I am crucified. I'm not going to be crucified. He says, I am crucified, because he wasn't crucified. I think he lost his head. Did he lose his head? I'm trying to think now. He was martyred. I think he, uh, yeah, I think, he, I think they took, took his head off. Uh, because they couldn't crucify him because he was a Roman. They wanted to crucify him. But as soon as he said, hey, I'm a Roman, they couldn't crucify him. But Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. But something great about this, nevertheless, I live. If it's not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of God, faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. When he was crucified, we were crucified. He took us down with him. Then something else happened. When we were crucified, because usually when you're crucified, the next step is you die. Okay, we were crucified, and so we died. Next scripture, Tony. For the lo- for the love of Christ constrains us. What holds us together? Not the fear, not the fear, not the threatens, but the love of God constrains. The love of God holds us together. Together, aren't you glad about that? The, for the love of Christ constrains us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. See, we died with him. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? We're dead. And that's why, you know, it's so important for us to remind ourselves that we're not dying. We're not dying. See, sometimes when we, see, when we think we're, we're dying, our prayer is different. We're saying, Lord, help me to die. Help me to die. Lord, complete this work of me dying. But that's not the prayer that we should have about that. Okay, he died and I died. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that I'm dead. It's not me that lives, Lord. The life that I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Lord, I want to thank you. Lord, I just declare I'm dead. No matter what's happening in your life, I'm dead. We're declaring something that's happened. We're dead. That's what he said. That if one died for all, then we're all dead. They're not going to die someday, but we're we're dead. We're dead. Aren't you glad about that? Anybody want the old, old, old boy back? Number three, we were buried. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. We were buried with him. So we were crucified. We died. We've been buried. That pretty well takes care of the situation. And if you're not dead, you will be a little while after you're under, that, under there being buried. And, I, and I've always told the story of the old movie, the old Western I watch. I like that. Oh, see, I had a good little story I told. I just, you'll remember what they said. I remember I was watching the old movie, the old Western, and the old preacher's in the water with the guy. And he's baptizing him he puts the guy under there and as he gets puts the guy into the water then he begins to spew talking about all these things and the guy's head is bobbing like you know he's dying you know but uh but no when we go under when we're buried we're dead we're dead thank god in colossians 2:12 says Oh, I get a different translation. I'm going to go with this one. No, that's fine. No, no, this is good. Um, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith and operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. The Amplified of that says, thus... Something's weird today. Oh, that's right. I got a different Amplified. I don't know how I got that. I got the old, it's called the old classic. I bought and I paid for a regular one. This thing's going crazy. And I got the class. Okay, let let me read mine here. Thus were you circumcised when you were buried with him in your baptism. Circumcision speaks of cutting off the flesh. We're not in the flesh no more. We're not in the flesh we're buried with him, and I don't mean to stay long in this, but number number four, we were quickened, Jesus was quickened, we were quickened and ephesians two five says even when we were dead in sins had quickened us together with Christ. You notice one thing you see in each one of these verses it's always with Christ in christ, okay it's in Christ because it happened with him, he did it. Even when we are dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ. And number five says that we were raised up. Jesus was raised up. Remember after He was after He was quickened, life came back into Him, then He came out, and we were raised up or resurrected. For if you've been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. But, you know, I want to bring a point out here while we're on the subject. Um, If you go to the original, it reads something like this. For if we, and I like this better because it's better. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be of his resurrection okay we shall be also of his resurrection we're in that same resurrection the other words in the likeness is in italics which means it's not in the original but we're in the same resurrection of the lord we've got the same resurrection as the lord um We've been raised up, Paul said in Philippians three ten. He says he was you know, you can skip that one other one. He Paul was praying. It was almost like he was reaching out. He said that I may know Him, Paul. You don't know that you don't know Jesus. You don't wrote two thirds of the New Testament. with all these revives, all these things. God used you. No, 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 Paul. He, he he, had a hunger to really, he wanted to know him. He wanted to really know him. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. See, and that I may know him, That them six loaves. Uh, that I may know him, that I may know all, know him, know all that he did. And, and, and the power of his resurrection, because I'm that other six, In that other six loaves, because that belongs to me. When I know him in the power of his resurrection, thats affects us that same resurrection we're of that same resurrection. I know it sounds maybe it sounds a little weird, but we're in resurrection life that's the life we're in I'm not talking about mistakes we make we're in a resurrected life we're in the, of his resurrection we're in the same resurrection life of him. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it shall even quicken our mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in us. We have the same spirit that he has. John said in 112, he says, But as many as received him, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And I was thinking about this, and this is important. Eat the cake. It's important to realize that we have a new DNA. Don't relate to the DNA of your parents or Adam. But we have a new DNA, don't we? We have a new nature. Do you want me to take a few minutes, see if I can find the scripture? No, I won't do it, but I can find the scripture. We have... The nature of God. We got the DNA of God. We got the nature of God. We've got the life of God. We've got the spirit of God. See? Eating the loaves. This is who we are. This is eating. We need to continue to eat of who we are. Not what we were. I'm going to tell you the mind wants to bring you down to who you were. The mind wants to bring you down and to remind you. And the mind wants to say, see, you messed up again. That's, see? No, that's not who we are. God says, come on. Come a little higher. I want to elevate your mind. I want to elevate your mind until you, you don't see that anymore. His life is in us. It's fully. We're of that resurrection. And the last one is we... We're seated with him. In Ephesians two, six it says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He raised us up. How many know those not words only? He's raised us up, picked us up, he lifted us up after we rose from the dead. He lifted us up high above all principalities and all powers. And seated us with Jesus in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's our home. Why did He why did He raise us up? Why did He raise us up there? Because that's our home. And not only that, that's where He wants us to live. That's where He wants us to see from. It's interesting how Bishop was given an example recently on one of his, his CDs. Where he was talking about, you know, I think he was in New York or something, and or somewhere. Maybe it could have been Charlotte. Could have been somewhere with some big buildings. And he was talking, and I wanted the story just right. But he's standing, and over when he's over by those buildings, and buildings look so big, and they are really big. But all of a sudden, um, he got on a plane, and when he got to a great elevation, and he was up there. And he looked down, and he looked at those same buildings. They were small. And I think he even used the example, he put his thumb out and blocked the building. He blocked those big buildings with his thumb. And the point being, you know, we want to eat and eat and eat until we're so fat. No, we want to eat and eat and eat until we realize we realize who we are, who He made us. When we when when we are seeing things from His elevated place, because you could take that into situations. When you're facing a situation, you're standing it like you're looking at a big building. Oh my goodness, this thing is how can I do it (laughs) okay and then all of a sudden God lifts you up God lifts you up elevates you and all of a sudden now you can look in that situation as small because everything is small in the eyes of God all these things are small in the eyes of God and when we're seeing it from the way he's seeing it it can be small in our eyes too he's elevating us So we want to eat and eat and eat and continue to eat. And as we're eating, we're looking across the aisle in that tabernacle, and all of a sudden we're bearing fruit because of what we're eating. And then all of a sudden we're going, and it's causing us to go up further to the golden altar to worship him and just to realize how good he is to us. And then we begin to worship and praise him. And all of a sudden, you know, even when you're going through something, um, you know it's amazing when you when you begin to worship and and i shared it before. When I went through a I was going through a medical thing There was just pain all the time and pain all of a sudden and then I, and then a the moment came and I just I had lost all hope because you know because of a situation I don't need to get into and there was no hope for me see, this getting out of the situation fixing this problem and there was just no hope and I said oh my God I got to live with this thing for and I was discouraged for about a day. Uh, and, you know, but it, it wasn't much more than a day because, I, you know what I mean, I, I knew better. And, um, and the situation just was so big because I got to live this rest of my life unless there's a miracle God done. And then uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just kind of brought me kind of down, which I don't get down too often. it got me down. But then all of a sudden I came to myself like the prodigal son came to myself. And I just said, God, I said, God, if I have to live like this the rest of my life, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise your name, Lord. And and I started going in that direction and praying and talking. And Lord, and and I'll tell you something. You know what happened? It pulled me right out of that. I didn't lose that medical situation. It's gone now. It was taken care of later. You know, Lord open the door for that but uh, but what i'm saying is when i began to turn my eyes and uh, away from the situation and began to look at it from god's you know began just to look up to god uh, you know i I, ca- I can't see that beyond the situation but if i stop and i look up and i just began to look to god and i began to worship him and praise him all of a sudden that pulled me right out of that and i was good i was good And then down the road a very, very short time later, you know, God may not, as a bishop would say, always give us a miracle, but he'll give us an answer or give us, what is the term he uses? He'll give us uh, instructions or something uh, for that. Uh, So it's this, God is just trying to get us to be where he's at, that where I am you may be also. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. I hope that went okay today. Oh, good. Because you guys never clap, so I at least you're not doing. Thank you very much. That's all I. Have.